This morning on the third hour of today, Swift Reaction. We'll break down the immediate impact of Taylor Swift's surprise appearance, cheering on Travis Kelsey at the Chiefs game, on jersey sales, ticket searches, and more. Then later, Dylan stepping up to the plate at Fenway Park for our series On the Job. She's wicked smart. Snagging foul balls, keeping score inside the iconic green monster. See how she lived out her big league dreams. Plus, trailblazing ballet dancer Misty Copeland is here live. We're going to find out about her new project, taking us inside the minds of some incredible artists and performers. Today, Tuesday, September 26th, 2023. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza, this is the third hour of today. Good morning and welcome to the third hour of today. I'm Chanel here with Al and Dylan. Craig has a well-deserved day off. We'll talk about that. Uh, but thanks for being with us on this Tuesday morning. You know what's kind of cool? What? You've got your your alma mater following I you around. Do. Over here, you got Northwest University. Our alumni magazine is here. They think I'm worthy of doing a story <laughs> on. Um, and our... Do I say reporter? You are worthy. To do okay, a story. I am worthy. They're right over Adrian, there, Adrian. She was right in the there. class above me, and when I saw her, I'm like, "Oh my goodness, I haven't seen her since." You know, it's been a while. So thank you. <laughs> Shout out to Northwestern University. And once again, the big news this morning in the football world is Taylor Swift. Naturally. Here's the thing: we told you yesterday the superstar singer was spotted at the Kansas City Chiefs game on Sunday, cheering on tight end Travis Kelsey and walking out with him after the game. But here's the thing: it's not just about oh gossip, gossip. Guess who's dating? The reality is. This has been a big deal for the NFL because of the numbers and the attention that it's getting. We're getting a better idea of just how powerful her reach is. So we have NBC's Emily Akeda here with that. So it really is, though. It's more than just like, ha-ha, this is so fun. Like, no. she's... You know, it's a big influence. Oh, absolutely. Do we need any more proof that this woman can literally move mountains? And like, yeah. and absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Swifties will not calm down about it. That surprise appearance sends Swifties into a total frenzy, myself included. In fact, the number one search on Google after Sunday's game was Travis Kelsey. And as for the rumored romance between the Super Bowl champ and pop megastar, her fans are, shall we say, ready for it. <laughs> There are a few things that could upstage NFL football in the U.S., but Swiftmania has done just that with a possible love story that set the internet on fire. Taylor Swift's surprise appearance at Sunday's Kansas City Chiefs game further fueling speculation that she's dating star tight end Travis Kelsey. Fans suspect the pop star even got a sideline wave from Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. If she ends up being with Travis, then I'll probably get to meet her at some point. And the potential of a budding romance is welcoming a wave of new football fans. You saw Swifty and that breeze that came alongside of her, which was the entire universe that doesn't know football. Rachel Gideon, who's much more of a Swifty than a football fan, says she's willing to fly to a Chiefs game just to catch a glimpse of Swift. I know she's just going to bring so many people to Chiefs games. They're going to start playing her music at the Chiefs games. I can call it right now. She's the biggest household name in the world at this point, and anything she touches like turns to gold, basically. Some Swifties even baiting football fans in a TikTok prank claiming Swift put Kelsey on the map. Isn't that awesome? She's going to be like helping him get his career going and like put him on the map. Searches for Chiefs games on StubHub have tripled since Sunday, and Travis Kelsey's jersey sales surged 400% in just one day. Even the New England Patriots head coach Bill Belichick chiming in. Travis Kelsey's had a lot of big catches in his career. <laughs> this would be the biggest. The Philadelphia Eagles, who Travis Kelsey's brother Jason plays for, also weighing in Monday, showing Jason and his teammate DeAndre Swift, joking their Kelsey-Swift duo, quote, hits different. 
But the NFL perhaps summed it up best, changing an official social media account to NFL Taylor's version. Love it. A source close to Swift tells NBC News the pair is hanging out and still in the early stages. But let me tell you this, those early stages, not stopping, Twitterverse, everyone, all Swifties from weighing in on what should their couple relationship nickname be. So we ran a poll. We ran a poll on it on social media. They've got Trailer, Tavis, Swelsey. Those are the results. You like Swelsey? I like Swelsey. That's I think right. I like trailer. I like trailer. Trailer the, and Tavis are tied. The big uh, takeaway from this is that Bill Belichick actually laughed and <laughs> has made a personality. A good joke. He made it a very good, good joke. I know. Very clever. Yeah. It took Taylor Swift you know it's to bring a big out deal win. to yeah. bring out Bill Belichick. <laughs> well, it. next up for the Chiefs and a Sunday night football matchup against the New York Jets. Well, right here on NBC. So we'll have to wait and see if Taylor makes an appearance at MetLife Stadium and if I go to the game with my friendship bracelets. I have a feeling you will. <laughs> now we're a football games right, yeah. with friendship bracelets. It's a whole new world. <laughs> You're bringing the world. Think together. of the marketing. Yes. Oh, I know. <laughs> a Thank you. Of two very different worlds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Emily. All right. Well, while we wait for Taylor and Travis to spill the tea, this <gasps> next story also caught our eye. So let's turn to our favorite coach, Ted Lasso, for a hint. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I always figured that tea was just going to taste like hot brown water. And you know what? I was right. Yeah, it's horrible. Welcome to England. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it turns out more and more people in the UK might actually agree. A new survey found the first time ever Brits prefer coffee over tea as their favorite hot beverage. Our Molly Hunter calls London home. So, Molly, tell us how this shift is, you know, taking hold over there. Breaking news. Shocking news. (laughs) Great kind of tea. What do you think of when you think of London? Tea and high tea at noon or whatever time it is. And Paddington Bear and Queen Elizabeth. And you think of tea. Exactly. So two new studies. Let's I think we have these numbers. 63 percent of people regularly drink coffee now compared to 59 percent who regularly drink tea. So close margin, but still coffee edges it out. And then studies show in the last year, the coffee market in the UK surpassed a whopping $2 billion, more than double the tea market wow. revenue. I will also note tea is obviously cheaper than some of those oh, highly so specialized What oh, did you bring us? <gasps> What's happening here? Oh, we're getting uh, Mike, Gerald. Well, so, what are your, so what are your favorite? Are you tea people, coffee people? So I like mint tea with oat milk and honey. Oh. But I feel like when I was over there, unorthodox. that's what they said. <laughs> I was Over like, what's wrong with just oat like milk? A little cream they and like a little it plain, sugar, right? right? Yeah, people are really into kind of like a black tea. I'm, my husband's Mine British. Like His dessert. parents, five o'clock, there is a lapsing, dark, kind of smoky black tea for about five minutes. We were saying like, it's this ceremonial yes, thing. Exactly. What about for you? Well, I, I like a cold brew. Uh, mm-hmm. with a little, we're so non whatever. I like when I go there. When um, So when I go there to cover Royal Ascot, mm-hmm. Jules, who does my makeup, always makes me the perfect tea. And it's mm-hmm. got a little cream, a little milk, a little sugar. Yeah. And it's ju- I just look forward to it mm-hmm. for the ceremony. And Yours of choice, Molly? And I'm a coffee person. Like, I give me coffee all day long. <laughs> Chanel's face right Well, because I feel like, you know, when in Rome. I know. Right? Like, osmosis, some of the cultural habits have definitely seeped in. But I will drink five cups of coffee. Well, we want you it. to stick around for this one because it is kind of another cultural kind of thing. It's an article that grabbed my attention. The Washington Post, speaking with an expert who laid out there are new rules okay. for phone etiquette. We'll see if you agree. One of them, text before you call. Because they say calling without a warning 
can cause stress. It's funny because my mom does that. She'll she'll text me. Is it okay to call? I'm like, you're my mom. You can just you can pick up the phone and call me literally. Well, anytime people don't want to bother, so they say, you know, are you busy? Right. Like, is this a good time? But, but before we could text, you call. You, you just call. Don't you think it's generational yes. too? I do. Maybe because I think you don't want to bug people if they're in the middle of something, and also you may want a quick answer. I want to be yeah. as annoying as possible. Voicemails? Do you leave? <laughs> so them this next one is yeah. if you call me, it says please don't leave a voicemail. Yeah. And people still is, leave a voicemail. Which is why I do it. Look at my, I just want you to see how many voicemails I have. Because then maybe you'll you read the rule. But would you, listen, then, okay. would you listen to a voice note? Look no, how many voicemails I have. Voice that are, I don't understand. I have 113 voicemail messages. The experts say. <laughs> don't, I say, don't leave it. You should, you should, you should put it in a text. Just text I, me. I, I don't, especially if it's somebody you care about. I leave you voicemails. Yeah. I you leave my dad voicemails. There's I like uh, people have voices. You, you don't leave it's me voicemails. Well, it's a different generation. Uh, no, she just doesn't like you that much. <laughs> yeah. uh, my grandmother, you know, God rest her soul, she never quite got the voicemail thing. I would, yeah. I would get home, I'd hit the machine, and you'd just hear, Grandma, Grandma, Grandma. <laughs> and you're like, what are you doing? What's your that? message? Okay. And oh, this is a good one. This is, I think we can all agree on this. Don't use your speakerphone in public. Yeah. yeah I don't, don't want to hear your conversation. Do yeah. And also FaceTime with the speakerphone on. Put in headphones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, my kids do that. I think the concept of putting it on their ear, I'm like, no, take it off the speaker, put it on your ear. And they're like, they don't want it. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why people do that. On All airplanes? Right. Oh, oh, especially sure. on planes. No, when you've landed? Yeah. Okay, so I've just landed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, we're waiting to pull up. Yeah, we're on the plane, too. We know that. <laughs> Shut up. But he doesn't say that. Here we go. He no, thinks it. <laughs> he thinks it. Molly, Molly, thank you. you. We've enjoyed having you here this morning. This is so fun. Oh, is it the first time you guys have met? Yeah. In person? In person. Yeah, in Molly, we always see Molly in front of Buckingham Palace, you know. Yeah. I'm such an outdoor okay, cat. This is so fun. I don't think so. Because I, I oh, feel wow. like I, I know you. Because it's what we see you all the time. Which is really it's what funny. people say when they see you in person. Oh, my God. I feel like you're my you're friend. You're much taller than I ever thought you were. <laughs> well, he is our friend. Taller in person. Yeah, that's right. Well, come Thank back. You, come Molly. back. All right. Uh, coming up, someone whose voice we never get tired of hearing, <laughs> Dateline's Keith Morrison. He is here to share a new podcast unraveling a mystery in a small town. <laughs> then later, Dylan has a ball when she goes on a dream job <laughs> on the job at Fenway Park. And we'll find out if she's got what it takes to Wait, work. Wait, is that you? What the green monster. Third That's hour so today. We'll be right back. Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, parents, homeschoolers, and teachers. Trusty Narrator here from the Who Smarted Podcast. Our 15-minute episodes are perfect for car rides, bedtime, break time, class time, or any time. We make learning science and history fun and funny for 7 to 11-year-olds with new episodes every week. Look for Who Smarted on any podcast platform or at whosmarted.com.
And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com. This morning, we have a first look at a gripping new Dateline podcast called Murder in Apartment 12. It's a case filled with twists and turns, and it all began with a shocking crime in a small Arkansas town, the death of a beauty queen. We're going to talk with Dateline correspondent Keith Morrison in just a moment. But first, take a look at this preview. It was the kind of story that makes headlines, the kind you've probably heard before. Local beauty queen found murdered in her apartment. 911, where's emergency? The young woman's boyfriend found the body and called police. No, no, son, please be dead. Investigators examined the alibis of the usual suspects, and you guessed it, they came to believe the boyfriend did it. Kevin, there's no doubt in my mind that you killed her. It's a story so familiar, it's like singing an old camp song. Everybody knows the tune and the words. Except, in this case, somebody changed the beat, threw in some new words. When I started following the story of Nona Dirksmeyer's murder 18 years ago, the police were convinced that her boyfriend, Kevin Jones, had killed Nona in a jealous rage. A lot of people in Russellville, Arkansas, the town where Nona lived, thought so too. After all, he was covered in her blood when police arrived at Nona's apartment that night. But here's the thing. When Kevin Jones, a college sophomore, was put on trial, a jury acquitted him. Everybody has an opinion, but that doesn't convict in our courts. Not enough evidence, the jurors told me. And in fact, forensic evidence gathered at the scene actually excluded Kevin. So, who killed Nona Dirksmeyer? This case probably had more statewide publicity than any criminal case in many, many years, perhaps ever, in Arkansas. Wow. Keith, great to have you. And as know. usual, you've, be here. you've be hooked here. us in. I know. <laughs> Tell it, who did as, it? Which, the idea, which is know. the point. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, this is almost 20 years ago. You talk about covering this. and I know. Uh, yeah. But when you get a chance to go back and, and look at something like this, are you surprised by some of the twists and turns that, that have happened in, in, in the, that period of time? Frequently, they don't go away. Mm. These things just keep on getting more and more mysterious in, in their own way. Um, and, and you can never tell exactly what's going to happen, mm-hmm. uh, it, especially when you think you know what's going to happen. You don't. Um, and hmm. there's some new chapter to be added every time. So uh, without giving anything away, what yeah. are examples of some new details? Well, um, <laughs> do I really want to tell you that? Yes, oh, we do. Well, just a little something. It's more friendly. A little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, well, I think it's fair to, to suggest that there was another potential uh, suspect in the mm-hmm. case, and uh, more things have been found out about that man and mm-hmm. where he was when this happened and why it may have occurred. Hmm. Or maybe it was the boyfriend. But you'll just have to see. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know, this show marks your eighth original Dateline podcast. What do you think it is about true crime and for people listening to it as opposed to, I mean, we, you know, obviously we have video, we like to see it. 
But yeah, your voice is for sure. Ugh. But what is it? People are captivated by these podcasts. I yeah, I don't know. Do you think I they mean, just want to solve it? I, I, it? But maybe it's that. Maybe yeah. it's just a, it's a story. You know, it's like any other story. But sure. it's just a it's a story where you don't know what the ending is going to be, and so mm-hmm. you follow it along. And um, they are, from my point of view, absolutely wonderful to do because you can live in the detail, mm-hmm. and live in the moments, and live in the feeling, and live in the sort of weirdness of the way people think about things mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, a longer time. I always wondered if there would be a, a way for you to combine, say, the best of uh, Only Murders in the Building, a, a, a podcast <laughs> about a murder, but yet make it funny. Could you do a Dateline funny murder? I don't, as long as it's not real life. Yeah, that's the problem is yeah, real life. Right? Exactly. What... This was a wonderful young woman who had oh. a fabulous future ahead of her. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Now, you know, the last... 18 years she's been without one. Do we get a place where people feel like justice has been served? Or do you usually, like, for, of all the ones you've done, how many still end with a question mark? Is that a loaded question? It really depends on who you talk to. But really? that's the case. But wow. it happens more often than you can possibly imagine. What, people, that it ends with a question mark? Well, because people will believe what they want to believe. Right, they can see the truth mm-hmm. sitting right there in front of them, and they'll believe right. what they believe. And you can right. hear... The first two episodes yes. of Murder in Apartment 12, the all-new podcast from Dateline and Keith Morrison right now. Keith, thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you and for early access to future episodes and to listen ad-free, you can subscribe to Dateline Premium. On, that. That's uh, a good idea. Yes, yeah, a yeah. fantastic yeah. idea on <laughs> Apple Podcasts, or you can scan the QR code on your screen. All right. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Nice Thank to you. see you again. All right, just ahead, we are switching gears with our series On the Job. I'm going to take you behind the scenes at Fenway Park, where I suited up and took a crack at snagging foul balls. Because yeah, I got one. That's me. And then later, ballerina Misty Copeland Misty. is here live Yippee. to talk family, her new project, and so much more. The third hour of today will be back in just 60 seconds. All right, this week we are bringing back one of our favorite series. We got the chance to go on the job and try our hands working in some fascinating places. And leading off, Dylan learned the ropes at an iconic ballpark. Did you get that? That's a baseball. Yeah. Ball. Okay. Um, you know, I played softball in high school, but it's been a long time since I've been able to take the field. But lucky for me, the Boston Red Sox let me pitch in for a day at Fenway Park. This is truly a pinch me moment. I get to be on the job, on the field, right here at Fenway Park. I'm stepping up to the plate as I learn how to be a ball attendant and work the scoreboard at a real major league baseball game. Casey Ricard is one of the lucky few that fields foul balls for the Red Sox. Do you get nervous before a game? What's the experience like? Oh, definitely. I get the nerves before every game. I wonder if the ball is going to get hit super hard to me today or not. I'll try and make the play, but if not, I just got to get the ball wherever it lands and give it to a fan. So when you give the foul ball to a fan, are you always looking for a kid, or how do you choose just who to toss it to? Every single game I get asked, probably by hundreds of kids, they'll come down like in between innings for a ball. Once a kid gets it and their face lights up, it's like the best feeling in the world. To make sure I'm not out of my league when it comes to this job, Casey practices with me on the field. After warming up, a surprise meeting. Jason Veritek, a former Red Sox player who was part of two World Series championship teams and now current coach, stops by. As everyone gets ready for the game, so do I, changing into my uniform. Here we go. I officially take on my duties, which also includes lending a hand with pregame ceremonies. 
Tonight, we help lead a special group onto the field for childhood cancer awareness. With that, I'm ready for a whole new ball game, literally, as I get into position for the first inning. All right. I'm going to sit right here. I'm going to sit right here. By my side, Camille DeRocher, who's in her third season as a ball attendant. We got a strike. Yeah. All right, that's one pitch down. After waiting, it's all you. All you. a it's foul all ball you. finally comes my way. You did great, that was perfect. I wrap up on the field and go to my next job heading inside the iconic Green Monster, Fenway Park's left field wall, to learn how to operate the manual scoreboard, only one of two left in Major League Baseball. Sarah O'Connor is one of the operators. How are you even listening to the game? We're just watching the like game. You're literally just watching the you can game. You watch from these here. holes, or like, yeah, you can just watch through that window. Okay, so the inning is over, and okay. they didn't score, so we're gonna stick this all the way up in here. And then it's my turn. Okay, this one's easy. You're just gonna climb up here, Pull oh, that yeah. one down and then flip it around because the Red Sox got a hit. Okay. This one? Yeah. Okay. There's not a lot of rooms for fingers here. You can't drop it, right? Like out the window. Yay! Oh my gosh. After scoring some more, I leave my mark. Tell me about all the signatures. How many people have been back here to sign it? It's a lot of signatures. Players come in, people come in on tours and stuff. Jeremy Pena signed last season before he was the World Series MVP. Well, I have a marker. Now the hard part is deciding where to sign. Let's squeeze it in right here. There we go. It's there for all eternity. For the next 110 years. Yes. After that, I was ready to call it a day, but not before enjoying America's pastime for myself. I think it's time we just enjoy the game, right? We've got our hot dogs, Tessie, Wally. Cheers. Cheers. Oh my That's God. Really it was cool. I mean, you get it. You take Nick to baseball games yeah. at, at Yankee Stadium. You just, it's such a special place. I love the Red Sox. Fenway Park is so special. Um, I was nervous. This is a very rare opportunity. So was that during the so real game? It was during an actual game. And in all the ball attendants have to have played softball or baseball in college ah. to be able to do that. I've only, you know, I maxed out at high school. But, Still. I mean, and the fact that Jason Baratek walked over to ask me for a, a, an autograph, uh -huh. but I did get his autograph oh, nice. for Calvin. That's Brian's nice. like, why did you write it out to Calvin? Why didn't you have him write it out to me? <laughs> so Brian was a little uh, jealous, but it was really a special moment. So. And the whole experience, the next day we did uh, end up, the Red Sox, you know, let us onto the field. They took care of Calvin and Ollie, my father-in-law. Awesome. We got to get some pictures on the field. So we just made a whole weekend that's out awesome. of it. It was that's so great. And it's really cool. Like behind the scoreboard there, it's yeah. like you, you never to, know. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Thank you, so. Dylan. Yeah, thanks. All right. Up next, we are going from baseball to ballet because we have a groundbreaking dancer, Misty Copeland, here live to tell us about about her latest project where she gets inside the minds of other amazing artists. We'll chat with her in just a bit. And then later, Chef Lydia Bassiata is sharing one of her family recipes with you that you can make for your family, an Italian dish that you will want to serve up perhaps tonight. We'll be right back. He would lie his way into their dreams. He was looking for James Bond girls. How fun would that be to be a Bond girl? Then twist them into a nightmare. 
This guy has done this before. He'll do it again. Until a group of women banded together to put him behind bars and keep him there. You have to participate fiercely, fiercely in what happens next. I'm Keith Morrison, and this is Murder in the Hollywood Hills, an all-new podcast from Dateline. All episodes of Murder in the Hollywood Hills are available now. To listen ad-free, subscribe to Dateline Premium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or DatelinePremium.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Jenna Bush Hager from Today with Hoda and Jenna and the Read with Jenna Book Club. There's nothing I love more than sharing my favorite reads with all of you, except maybe talking to the exceptional authors behind these stories. And that's what I'll be doing on my podcast, Read with Jenna. I'll be introducing you to some of my favorite writers. These conversations will leave you feeling inspired and entertained. To start listening, just search Read with Jenna wherever you get your podcasts. This morning, we are so fortunate to be catching up with a modern-day trailblazer. In 2015, Misty Copeland becoming the first African-American woman named principal dancer at the American Ballet Theater. Since then, she's added author, mom, and now interviewer to her resume. In the new series called PBS Arts Talk, Misty sits down with cultural icons like dancer Twyla Tharp and painter Nathaniel Mary Quinn, who break down their craft and careers. So every piece I make first begins with a vision. Mm-hmm. It's like a mental picture that comes to me. Every piece. I have many visions. I have visions of works that I have yet to make. That's that have been really with amazing. me for years. But I haven't made those works yet because currently I am not proficient enough as an artist to make them. Okay. The way to become better. Do you have like just this amazing memory bank where you like kind of keep that well, in mind? Visions are born from about? how you feel. Mm-hmm. You don't forget how you feel. Okay. Visions are born from here, from the gut. It's like an artist talking with an artist. It's such a good concept. Good morning to you. Good morning. So for us, I like sitting on this side of it. And then for me, I find pressure on the other side of it. But you actually, (laughs) the other way around, we're usually interviewing you. Right. But you got to be the interviewer. Yes. Um, Not something I ever imagined I would do (laughs) as someone who is very introverted. Like ballet Mm -hmm. makes sense for me because it's... Uh, allows me to find my voice through mm. movement and I don't have to speak. But it makes sense for me to be on a platform like PBS where I grew up, you know, being inspired by watching art and artists um, on that platform. But then to be able to, as you were saying, as an artist, to connect with people who I have personal relationships with, like Twyla Tharp, who I've known since I was 16 years old wow. and worked with, and Nathaniel Mary Quinn, who's created personal works for me and my husband. So it was a, a different experience in that it was more of a softball. It wasn't like some hard hitting interview. Were you nervous at all? I was. And I'm not someone who gets nervous. Like before performances, um, like I feel the safest when I'm on stage. Mm -hmm. That's your wheelhouse. Yeah. And, and yeah, there's, you know, it's comforting. It's what I know. And uh, so, yes, I was very nervous. (laughs) Well, it makes for a really good conversation. Um, Congratulations. Your foundation, the Misty Copeland Foundation, celebrates one year today. And what a year it's been. I mean, what would you say you're most proud of over the last year? Yeah, well, I just have to, I, you know, say like congratulations to the entire team um, and, uh, you know, for bringing my idea to fruition and through the Be Bold program, which is a free ballet class that's being offered now in 14 sites and community wow. centers um, in the Bronx and in Harlem. But just seeing 
you know, it's over 200 children that we've reached in this past year um, that have had an opportunity to be exposed to live music, mm -hmm. to a discipline, but to a supportive environment mm -hmm. where they're seen and heard. And there's often tropes, you know, attached to mm -hmm. classical ballet where those aren't the things you think of. You don't think of joy and fun always. <laughs> you think of this very strict discipline, discipline, but there's a way to make it inviting and inclusive. And that's what I want young people, especially young people of color to experience when they experience yes. ballet for the yeah. first time. Well, well, you talk about inclusivity, and that's one of the things that I, I, I didn't even think about this, but you're, you've been petitioning Apple, you know, that we've got these emojis. And there's that classic European pink ballet slipper. And as somebody who grew up having to color their, ba their ballet yeah. slippers, mm -hmm. yes. you'd like them to include different, there it is, uh, mm -hmm. that's their emoji, that you'd like them to include different colors mm -hmm. right. to represent all, all ba yes. ballerinas. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's bigger than an emoji, you know. Um, it, this is, a, you know, a microcosm of, of this history of classical dance. And it's moving, it's moved past what it was. Now there are so many people that want to be a part of dance and want to see themselves in this Space. So let's be a part of that and contribute to that. And for people to have shoes and tights that are available to them that represent their uh, their color, that's equally as important, I think, you know, sure. with this emoji. Have you heard anything? Has there been any word or? We're working on things. It's such a good idea. <laughs> I think for people, you don't need, you take it for granted. I remember being in my dance class and it was all these brown girls with pink legs. Yeah. And we mm -hmm. just, it was, we just thought that's how it was yeah. supposed to be. I mean, it's really about creating an, uh, so a through line. That's what the pink tights and the pink shoes represent. Yeah. Before you leave us, let's talk about this clothing line. Yes. Greatness wins. Uh, you're about to release the women's line. Mm -hmm. It's Derek Jeter, right? That's Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. Mm -hmm. yeah. They have the, the men's line, right? Yes. The men's line launched last year and the women's line is launching next week, October 2nd. And I've, you know, as a founder in this um, company with Derek Jeter and Wayne Gretzky, you know, it's, it's very different from, you know, just being not just, it's an honor to be the face of a, a brand, but to be, uh, to show that as a, a woman, as a woman yes. of color, that I can, you know, contribute in this way. And, um, you know, it's it's a performance brand that looks incredible. I'm so excited for the world it. to see and, and feel it. Missy, yeah. thank you. So where can we see the clothing line or when will Greatness we see it? Wins. Greatness wins. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's so you're doing so many things. Uh. All good things. <laughs> By the thank way, you. PBS Arts Talk is streaming now through the end of the month on PBS's website and on the app. All right. And coming up next, we have dinner and a show. First, Lydia Bastianich is here making one of her family favorites, a pork chop that you can cook up tonight. Mm. Sign me up. Third hour of today will be right back. This morning in Today Food, a fantastic family recipe from a James Beard award-winning chef. Lydia Bastianich earned an Emmy for her public television cooking show, Lydia's Kitchen. She's also a restaurateur and best-selling cookbook author. Her latest is called Lydia's From Our Family Table to Yours. So scan the QR code to get this amazing pork recipe that she is about to make. And I was at Fenway Park for that spot earlier, and this is my other dream, is to actually Aww. cook with you. So All right. just, I'm so excited, and I love pork chops. You do. Which is the dish you're making for us today. Uh, absolutely. I know it's your favorite. You go to... I go to your restaurant, Becco, and I always get the pork chop with it the It is peppercini. one of the favorite. It's in the book, and it's easy to make. So pork chop, nice pork chop. This is a loin pork chop. You can, you, uh, this is a, the rack pork mm -hmm. chop. You can get the loin, which is a, like a T-bone. Right. Either one is, is fine. Just pop uh, it in flour. Uh, so just salt, flour, and in a pan, 
with a little bit of oil at the bottom okay. and brown it on all sides, just like that. So when you say that well, this cookbook has family recipes, are these family recipes from when you were a kid growing up with your mom in the kitchen, or are these your current family you, recipes? You know, I'm, uh, I'm on, uh, I guess, 20, uh, 25 years on PBS, so do <laughs> my, my The viewers out there always want to know. They want to know. And this one, especially since my mother, grandma, maybe just lower a little bit, I smell it. You know, yeah. <laughs> all your senses are so important in the kitchen. Smelling, oh, hearing, yes. all That's of that. about ready. But, but uh, my mother, who was always on the show, very much loved by them. She, she, she's, uh, she passed, and and so it is a tribute to her. Mm -hmm. But also the viewers out there want to know, Lydia, what does your family love? Who loves? What, what does Lorenzo love? Home? What does Grandma yes. love? And so this is one of the family favorites, mm -hmm. the pork chops. And you know what? You can make a whole big. Uh, slew. You can make it like this. You can put, okay. put it in the roasting pan. So once it's nice and browned, is like it this, totally cooked through at this point? No. Okay. Oh, you're gonna Not cook yet. some okay. more. So I want to get you to get do some cooking. Okay. All right. Thing. I'm happy okay. to. All right. Now so what would you like this. me to do? All right. Now you add this. And we're make, gonna make the sauce. Okay. Add the mushrooms. Do any mushrooms work? Yeah, I think uh, uh, the more you mix, I'm, you know, uh, today everybody's so conscious about prices and, mm -hmm. uh, and economics. Right. So a simple mushroom, not always do you have to have the super porcini Fancy, or whatever. Yes. Simple mushroom like that does, does well. Okay. The shiitake. You put in the onions. Mm -hmm. well, Go ahead. Time here too? Yeah, yeah. Pop all that in? No, that's too much. Okay. <laughs> You know, Seems like a lot. Moderation in cooking. Yes. And the peperoncino. Do you, do, uh, do you recognize pepperoncino? Do you know pepperoncino? I do, but I find them a little difficult to find in the store. No, Am they're, I they're in, in the jars. wrong section? Yeah, they're in the, the okay. Italian section, the Italian antipasto okay. section. Okay, they're just find. in the jar. Yeah, and, and the, the juice juices? too. Yeah, okay. go ahead. That's uh, it. So mix that. Are these spicy? These are a little spicy. They're spicy. So what you're adding there, you know, to the pork chops, what you're adding is... You're adding the acidity, mm -hmm. and you're adding the the spiciness. Delicious. Yeah. How are you guys? Are you liking it? I mean, it? mine's I mean, almost nothing. So yeah. this is this is how it turns. Give it a mix. Okay. Okay. All right. Like now you're building layers of flavor here. Yeah. yeah because do you notice the, the the pecan from the for the, for the little pepper, mm -hmm. the acidity? Mm-hmm. <coughs> now nestle the I pork know, chops in makes there. You cough a little. Yeah. <laughs> nestle. Nestle these in here. Oh, you put it in there. Okay. All in there. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. <coughs> okay. Okay. That's it. Now we raise the temperature up. Okay. Because we're oh. gonna add some wine. Add some wine. Add some wine. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh. There is so much happening here. Is this chicken stock? stock? Yeah. Wait until you try it. I cannot wait to try yeah. it. This is so good. And let me put some Are you going to put that salt? in the oven or is it going to finish Either on way. the... So okay. this is the, if you don't want to set up the oven, you can finish it here, you cover it, yeah. and you let it simmer away until it is cooked. Well, I can't wait to nice try this. And this is Lydia, crispy. it was a true yeah. honor I to know. cook with you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Yeah. You have the moves. I do, right? She, <laughs> she said I have the moves. So and she, she knows how to cook. Yeah. For these recipes, scan that QR code or head to today.com slash food. And we'll be right back. Mm -hmm. No, Tomorrow on the third hour of today, I'm going on the job as a national park ranger. Oh, that'll be good. Right. Coming up on Hoda and Jenna, Carrie Washington opens up about her deeply personal new memoir. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Have a great day. Do you have a hat? Did you Remember, wear the hat? only you can prevent wildfires.